0: Le'olam va'ed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, June 11th. Today we finish up the tour portion. Today we finish up the tour portion naso and it means elevate. Number 741 to 89. End for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Shalumiel, son of Zer- Shaddai. On the sixth day, it was the chieftain of the Gadites, al son of Duel. His offering, one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels and one silver basin of 70 shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour with oil mixed in for a meal offering one gold ladle of ten shekels filled with incense, one bull of the herd, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Eliasaf, son of Du. On the seventh day it was the chieftain of the Ephraimites, Elishama son of Amihud. His offering... One silver bowl weighing 130 shekels and one silver basin of 70 shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour with oil mixed in for a meal offering. One gold ladle of 10 shekels filled with incense. One bull of the herd, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering. One goat for a sin offering and for his sacrifice of well-being two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Elishamah, son of Amihud. On the eighth day it was the chieftain of the Manassites, Gamliel, son of Petazor. His offering, one silver bowl weighing a 130 shekels, and one silver basin of 70 shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour with oil mixed in for a meal offering, One golden ladle of ten shekels, filled with incense. One bull of the herd, one ram, and one lamb, in its first year for a burnt offering. One goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being. Two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Gamliel, son of Petazur. On the ninth day it was the chieftain of the Benjamites, Avidon, son of Gideon, His offering, one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels and one silver basin of 70 shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour, with oil mixed in for a meal offering, one gold ladle of 10 shekels filled with incense, one bull of the herd, one ram, and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen five rams, five he goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Avidon, son of Gideon. On the tenth day it was the chieftain of the Danites, Achiezer son of Amishaddai. His offering, one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels and one silver basin of 70 shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour with oil mixed in for a meal offering. One gold ladle of ten shekels filled with incense one bull of the herd, one ram, and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Achiezer, son of Amishadai. On the eleventh day, it was the chieftain of the Asherites, Pagiel, son of Okron. His offering. One silver bull weighing 130 shekels, and one silver basin of 70 shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour, with oil mixed in for a meal offering. One gold ladle of 10 shekels filled with incense. One bull of the herd, one ram, and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering. One goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Pagio, son of Okron. On the twelfth day it was the chieftain of the Naphtalites, Akira, son of Enon. His offering, one silver bowl, weighing a hundred and thirty shekels, and one silver basin of seventy shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour with oil mixed in for a meal offering, one gold ladle of ten shekels, filled with incense, one bull, of the herd, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Akira, son of Enan. This was the dedication offering for the altar from the chieftains of Israel upon its being anointed, silver bowls twelve, silver basins twelve. Gold ladles, 12. Silver per bowl, 130. Per basin, 70. Total silver of vessels, 2,400 sanctuary shekels. The 12 gold ladles filled with incense, 10 sanctuary shekels per ladle. Total gold of the ladles, 120. Total of herd animals for burnt offerings, 12 bulls of rams. 12 bulls of rams, 12 of yearling lambs, 12, with their proper meal offerings, of goats for sin offerings, 12, total of herd animals for sacrifice of well-being, 24 bulls, of rams, 60, of he-goats, 60, of yearling lambs, 60. That was the dedication offering for the altar after its anointing. When Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with him, he would hear the voice addressing him from above the cover that was on the top of the ark between the two cherubim, and thus he spoke to him. 1 Kings 8, 1-66 Then Solomon convoked the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the ancestral chiefs of the Israelites before King Solomon in Jerusalem to bring up the ark from the city of David, that is, Zion. All the men of Israel gathered before King Solomon at the feast, in the month of Ethanim, that is, the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had come, the Kohanim lifted the ark, and carried up the ark of Hashem. Then the Kohanim and the Leviim brought the Tent of Meeting and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. Meanwhile King Solomon and the whole community of Israel who were assembled with him before the ark were sacrificing sheep and oxen in such abundance that they could not be numbered or counted. The Kohanim brought the ark to its place underneath the wings of the cherubim, in the shrine of the house, in the Holy of Holies. For the cherubim had their wings spread out over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim shielded the ark and its poles from above. The poles projected, so that the ends of the poles were visible in the sanctuary in front of the shrine, but they could not be seen outside, and there they remain to this day. There was nothing inside the ark but the two tablets of stone, which Moses placed there at Horeb when HaShem made a covenant with the Israelites after their departure from the land of Egypt. When the Kohanim came out of the sanctuary, for the cloud had filled the house of HaShem, and the Kohanim were not able to remain and perform the service because of the cloud, for the presence of HaShem filled the house of HaShem. Then Solomon declared, HaShem has chosen to abide in a thick cloud. I have now built for you a stately house, a place where you may dwell forever. Then, with the whole congregation of Israel standing, the king faced about, and blessed, the whole congregation of Israel. He said, Praise be Hashem, the God of Israel, who has fulfilled with deeds the promise he made to my father David. For he said, Ever since I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city among all the tribes of Israel for building a house where my name might abide, But I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. Now my father David had intended to build a house for the name of HaShem, the God of Israel. But HaShem said to my father David, As regards your intention to build a house for my name, you did right to have that intention. However, you shall not build the house yourself. Instead, your son, the issue of your loins, shall build the house for my name. And HaShem has fulfilled the promise that he made, I have succeeded my father David, and I have ascended the throne of Israel, as HaShem promised. I have built the house for the name of HaShem, the God of Israel, and I have set a place there for the ark containing the covenant which HaShem made with our fathers when he brought them out from the land of Egypt. Then Solomon stood before the altar of HaShem in the presence of the whole community of Israel, He spread the palms of his hands toward heaven and said, O God of Israel, in the heavens above and on the earth below, there is no God like you who keep your gracious covenant with your servants when they walk before you, in wholehearted devotion. You who have kept the promise you made to your servant, my father David, fulfilling with deeds the promise you made, as is now the case. And now, O God of Israel, Keep the further promise that you made to your servant, my father David. Your line on the throne of Israel shall never end, if only your descendants will look to their way and walk before me as you have walked before me. Now therefore, O God of Israel, let the promise that you made to your servant, my father David, be fulfilled. But will Hashem really dwell on earth? Even the heavens to their uttermost reaches cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. Yet turn, Hashem my God, to the prayer and supplication of your servant, and hear the cry and prayer which your servant offers before you this day. May your eyes be opened day and night toward this house, toward the place of which you have said, My name shall abide there. May you heed the prayers which your servant will offer toward this place. And when you hear the supplications which your servant and your people Israel offer toward this place, give heed in your heavenly abode. Give heed and pardon. Whenever one man commits an offense against another, and the latter utters an imprecation to bring a curse upon him, and comes with his imprecation before your altar in this house, O hear in heaven and take action to judge your servants, condemning him who is in the wrong and bringing down the punishment of his conduct on his head, vindicating him who is in the right by rewarding him according to his righteousness. Should your people Israel be routed by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and then turn back to you and acknowledge your name, and they offer prayer and supplication to you in this house, O hear in heaven, and pardon the sin of your people Israel and restore them to the land that you gave to their fathers. Should the heavens be shut up and there be no rain because they have sinned against you? And then they pray toward this place and acknowledge your name and repent of their sins. When you answer them, O hear in heaven and pardon the sin of your servants, your people Israel, after you have shown them the proper way in which they are to walk and send down rain upon the land which you gave to your people as their heritage. So, too, if there is a famine in the land, if there is pestilence, blight, mildew, locusts, or caterpillars, or if an enemy oppresses them in any of the settlements of the land, if in any plague and in any disease in any prayer or supplication offered by any person among all your people Israel, Each of whom knows his own affliction, when he spreads his palms toward this house, O hear, in your heavenly abode, and pardon and take action, render to each man according to his ways, as you know his heart to be, for you alone know the hearts of all men, so that they may revere you all the days that they live on the land that you gave to our fathers, or If a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a distant land for the sake of your name, for they shall hear about your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes to pray toward this house, O hear in your heavenly abode and grant all that the foreigner asks you for. Thus all the peoples of the earth will know your name and revere you as does your people Israel, and they will recognize that your name is attached to this house that I have built. When your people take the field against their enemy by whatever way you send them, and they pray to Hashem in the direction of the city which you have chosen, and of the house which I have built to your name, O hear in heaven their prayer and supplication, and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no man who does not sin, And you are angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy. And their captors carry them off to an enemy land, near or far. And then they take it to heart in the land to which they have been carried off. And they repent, and make supplication to you in the land of their captors, saying, We have sinned, we have acted perversely, we have acted wickedly. And they turn back to you with all their heart, soul in the land of the enemies who have carried them off, and they pray to you in the direction of their land which you gave to their fathers, of the city which you have chosen, and of the house which I have built to your name. O give heed in your heavenly abode to their prayer and supplication, uphold their cause, and pardon your people who have sinned against you for all the transgression that they have committed against you. Grant them mercy in the sight of their captors, that they may be merciful to them. For they are your very own people, that you freed from Egypt, from the midst of the iron furnace. May your eyes be open to the supplication of your servant, and the supplication of your people Israel. And may you heed them whenever they call upon you. For you, O Hashem, have set them apart for yourself from all the peoples of the earth as your very own, as you promised through Moses your servant when you freed our fathers from Egypt. When Solomon finished offering to Hashem all this prayer and supplication, he rose from where he had been kneeling in front of the altar of Hashem, his hands spread out toward heaven. He stood and in a loud voice blessed the whole congregation of Israel. Praised be Hashem, who has granted a haven to His people Israel, just as He promised. Not a single word has failed of all the gracious promises that He made through His servant Moses. May HaShem, our God, be with us, as He was with our fathers. May He never abandon or forsake us. May He incline our hearts to Him, that we may walk in all His ways, and keep His commandments, the laws and the rules, which He enjoined upon our fathers. And may these words of mine, which I have offered in supplication before HaShem, be close to HaShem, our God, day and night, that he may provide for his servant and for his people Israel according to each day's needs to the end that all the peoples of the earth may know that Hashem alone is Hashem there is no other and may you be wholehearted with Hashem our God to walk in his ways and keep his commandments even as now the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices before Hashem Solomon offered 32,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep as sacrifices of well-being to HaShem. Thus the king and all the Israelites dedicated the house of HaShem. That day the king consecrated the center of the court that was in front of the house of HaShem. For it was there that he presented the burnt offerings, the meal offerings, and the fat parts of the offerings of well-being, because the bronze altar that was before Hashem was too small to hold the burnt offerings, the meal offerings, and the fat parts of the offerings of well-being. So Solomon and all Israel with him, a great assemblage coming from Lebo Hamath to the wadi of Egypt, observed the feast at that time before Hashem our God, seven days, and again seven days, fourteen days in all, on the eighth day he let the people go, they bade the king goodbye and went to their homes, joyful and glad of heart over all the goodness that Hashem had shown to his servant David and his people Israel. Acts seven fifty one to eight thirteen You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not of your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the Just One, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels, and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Yeshua standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Yeshua, receive my spirit. (coughs) And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery, and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God, and to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. And when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Yeshua, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Psalm 129, 1-8 Many a time they have afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He has cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetops, which wither afore it grows up wherewith the mower fills not his hand, nor he that binds sheaves his bosom. Neither do they which go by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Proverbs 17.1 Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. I want to speak to you today from our reading from the Torah portion from Numbers chapter seven, and then we're going to jump into First Kings chapter eight. And in Numbers chapter seven, we read in great detail about how each one of the tribal leaders would bring forth an offering as they dedicated the altar. And the offering was the exact same offering. By each tribal leader, there's a silver bowl and a silver basin and filled with choice flour and oil mixed within for a meal offering a golden ladle, one bull, one ram, one lamb, one goat, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five yearling lambs. And so every single tribal leader brings the same exact offering. And they did it over a timeline of 12 days because there were 12 tribal chiefs or leaders for each of the 12 tribes. So they do this over a 12-day period. And this is the process outlined for us in number 7 for consecrating the altar when it gets set up. Now, we know that Yeshua warns us that in the end of days there's going to be an Antichrist figure who rises up. And he's going to set up an image of himself on the Temple Mount. And he's going to insist that everyone in the world bow and worship this image of the beast. In Matthew chapter 24, Yeshua's words, I I quote, Matthew 24 verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Those are his instructions. Now, there's a lot that this statement implies. It implies that there's going to be an altar up on the Temple Mount. And that the altar is going to be dedicated following the procedure of Numbers chapter 7. And then the altar is going to get shut down, and in its place, this abomination. Let's read it from Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wings of abomination shall be one who makes desolate even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So I want to zoom in on this phrase, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. So the sacrifice and offering is the sacrifice and offering being made on the altar to dedicate it. It takes 12 days and the tribal leaders from each of the 12 tribes each bring the specific offering outlined day one, day two, day three, all the way through 12 days. And so then it's once it's dedicated, it's consecrated, then they can do the daily sacrifice, the daily tamid sacrifice, which was at 9 a.m. in the morning and at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, the daily tamid lamb offering. So this is going to happen. We don't need the entire temple to be rebuilt. We just need the altar up on the Temple Mount Plaza with the dedication of it happening, the consecration of it happening, and it's it's a 12-day process, and that at the end of that 12-day process of uh, consecrating it, then it's ready to be used. It is holy and set apart and ready to be um, used for the daily Tamid lamb offering. So now I want to take us to Revelation chapter 7. And in Revelation chapter 7, we see 144,000 who are consecrated and set apart, who are to be the leaders in the end of days over all of the people of Israel. Now, when I say the people of Israel, there's one congregation, there's one church, not thousands of denominations. In God's eyes, there's one church, and they are called the congregation or the house of Israel. That includes all 12 tribes. Judah is one of those tribes. That would be the Jewish people, those who have a heart for God and who follow the Torah and who love him. And then then there's the rest of us scattered throughout all the nations. So God is going to appoint 144,000 tribal leaders. Now remember, the 10 tribes of the north, after the kingdom split, were They went off to Assyria, and from there they were assimilated and scattered to all the nations of the earth, and they are the ten lost tribes. Now, how does God reconstitute them? It's a little bit like an egg, and once you crack the shell and you uh, crack it open and the egg is out in the pan, you, you can't put the egg back in the shell. It's out. It's a little bit like toothpaste. When you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube, once it's squeezed out, you can't put the toothpaste back into the tube. How is God, how is the Lord going to reconstitute and make known who the twelve hundred forty-four thousand tribal leaders are? So in Revelation chapter 7, verse 4, and I heard the number of those who were sealed. Keep that question in mind as I read this. 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Verse 5, of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the, Now, those are going to be Jewish people. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Those are non-Jews. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Those are non-Jews. Of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. So, here is how I think we might... Find out who these 144,000 are and how God reconstitutes these tribes. When they dedicate and consecrate the altar up on the Temple Mount on some future date, they're going to follow the Protocol of Numbers chapter 7. And they're going to have tribal leaders from each of the 12 tribes be present and make their offering on their specific day. And so, on their specific day, when it's their turn to make their offering to consecrate the altar, here's what I think might happen on that day when Gad makes the offering, the tribal leader of Gad, then twelve thousand people all over the earth are going to be sealed on that day. And when Issachar, the tribal leader of Issachar, makes his offering for the altar, on that day, twelve thousand people all over the earth will be uh, sealed on that day. And then they will know that they are of the tribe of Issachar. And then when um, Zebulun makes the tribal leader of Zebulun makes an offering to the altar on, on his designated day, 12,000 people from all over the earth will be sealed on that day. And they will know that they are of the tribe of Zebulun. And that's how it will be revealed. On which day were you sealed? Of those 12 days, each day is assigned to a specific tribe. If you were sealed on the 5th day, you're of a certain tribe. If you were sealed on the ninth day, you're of a certain tribe. And that, I believe, is how God just might do it. Now, they are the leaders. God's appointed leaders over all of scattered Israel, all over the nations of the earth and they will have superpowers supernatural powers from god not like superman but from from god the father now i want to jump into first kings chapter 8 and this whole chapter is basically solomon's prayer to dedicate the temple and something that we have lost in the mainstream christian world is the centrality of the temple that The temple, God has chosen a land, the land of Israel. He's chosen a city, the city of Jerusalem. And he's chosen a specific place, the Temple Mount, where he chooses to dwell with his people. Now, one thing I want to um, zoom in on. Verse 14, chapter 8, verse 14. Then with the whole congregation of Israel standing, the king faced about him, blessed the whole congregation of Israel. Who are, who is the congregation of Israel? Now, to keep in mind, this is King Solomon reigning. There has not been a kingdom split yet. That happens with King Solomon's son, Rehoboam. They are still one united kingdom with all 12 tribes intact as one united kingdom. And they are called here the whole congregation of Israel. So who is that? That includes all 12 tribes. So there's the tribe of Judah, also known as the Jews. But there's all the 11 other tribes as well, the non-Jewish part. Of the nation of Israel, so that includes you and me, my friend. Whether or not we have any actual genetic um, or hereditary descent from any of the tribes does not matter, because we are grafted in by faith. Romans 11. We are the wild branches that have been grafted into the olive tree called Israel, and the roots of that tree include Yeshua and the patriarchs. So. This prayer that he prays is over all of Israel. And there's only one people, one bride, one church. And they are called Israel. Okay, let's jump, go back to chapter 8 now. And look at verse 25. And now, O God of Israel, keep the further promise that you made to your servant, my father David. Your line on the throne of Israel shall never end if only your descendants will look to their way and walk before me as you have walked before me. So that's a promise that Yeshua, that God made to David. And now Solomon is reminding the God of Israel of this promise. So Yeshua is a direct uh, descendant of the lineage of David. And this is a promise that his kingdom will never, ever, ever come to an end and that there will always be on, someone on the throne of the lineage of King David. And Yeshua fulfills that promise. Verse 29. May your eyes be opened day and night toward this house, toward the place of which you have said, My name shall abide there. May you heed the prayers which your servant will offer toward this place. And when you hear supplications, which your servant and your people Israel offer toward this place, give heed in your heavenly abode, give heed and pardon. So again, this comes back to the centrality of the temple. That we don't worship this building, but it is a sacred, set-apart place. Perhaps it's some kind of a portal a portal that goes to the very throne room of God. This is why the 9th of Av is such a sad day in Jewish history, because on the 9th of Av in 586 BC, Nebuchadnezzar bursts through the walls and burns the temple down and destroys it. And then a few hundred years later, on the same day, the 9th of Av, um, the Roman general Titus, um, bursts through the walls and sets the temple on fire and it is destroyed once again. So both the first and the temple, second temple, were destroyed on the ninth of Av. And so that's a, a curse that needs to be reversed. So it the, the temple was a place where the people could gather to worship, to offer sacrifices unto the Lord, peace offerings, goodwill offerings, sin offerings, etc. And the temple, there will be a third temple. And the whole temple worship system will be reinstated. And the Levitical priesthood will have a role in doing this. This is the very place where Yeshua will rule and reign. Let's look at verse 41 or if a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a distant land for the sake of your name. For they shall hear about your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm when he comes to pray toward this house. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. King Solomon dedicated the first Beit HaMikdash, or temple, on the festival of Sukkot, and in his inaugural address asked Hashem to hear the prayers of foreigners who would come to pray toward this house. The first temple was constructed with the assistance of members of Gentile nations, under the leadership of Hiram of Tyre. Similarly, the second temple was built, thanks to the permission and encouragement of Cyrus of Persia. And the third temple will one day also be built, with the participation of righteous non-Jews. This international participation is necessary, as the Beit HaMikdash is meant to be a house of prayer for all nations. King Solomon's dedication speech has been memorialized on an imposing glass monument standing tall at the Western Wall today, etched with his universal message to inspire visitors and worshippers from all countries, nationalities, and backgrounds. So one day we will see a third temple. And it is appropriate to mourn the loss of the temple, particularly on the 9th of Av, which typically occurs sometime in August. In fact, this year, the 9th of Av falls on August the 7th, which is a Sunday. So it begins at sundown Saturday August the 6th and goes into all day Sunday, August the 7th. That's all I have for today. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. a